The Harsh Knocks Life is brought to you by FourRoofsTX.com. Go to FourRoofsTX. It is a locally owned company that has a proven track record of getting the job done right. As I've told you before, I've used Four Roofs TX for my home and you should too. Trust them with your next project. They do perfect installs. They're reliable upgrades, upkeep and repair. Four Roofs TX is the only way to go. Go to the number four roofstx.com and get your quote today. And Or you can call 512-689-5273. Do me a favor. Tell them Harbaugh Hard sent you. Welcome to another edition of the Hard Knocks Life. As we just said, the Hard Knocks Life is brought to you by FourRootsTX.com, and it's also brought to you by the great folks over at Cover 3. Make sure you get over to Cover 3 for your game watching, just to hang out, do a happy hour. And this next person that is going to be joining us on the Hard Knocks Life is a familiar voice to all those that have listened to The Bottom Line, with Chip Brown and yourself, my, my myself, Harbaugh Harge. And of course, you hear on the airwaves Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on the Chris Duell Show featuring Shannon Salty B. Sweeney. But she, we also love to call her the Duchess of Cover 3. Salty, what's up, girl? How you doing? Um, I'm doing great. I feel so honored to be guest number 1047 on your show. <laughs> I thought I'd maybe hit the top three, maybe even top five, but I, I seem to have slipped. <laughs> That's not even fair. You know, I know you're a busy girl. I know you've been having so much fun doing all the things that you do. I know you just got back from Disney and I know you, I know. That, that's a, always a trip that you like to take. So tell us about your trip to Disney. Um, it was incredible. They are not at full capacity, so I barely had to wait in lines. I didn't have to be elbow to elbow with people and their children, so that was pretty A1. Uh, and I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't wish I was still there right now. But yeah, it's just incredible what Disney has accomplished with those theme parks. I mean, you just forget about everything in the outside world, so it, it was much needed. It was my first vacation since I went to Europe in like 2019, so... Uh, yeah, very needed. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Salty likes to travel across the country and forget about all things on the on the state side. But this year, yeah, first time you got a chance to travel, so you're back in the mix of other people, and that's yeah. got to be a good thing, right? Salty one. Yeah, I'm prepping myself for Texas OU weekend because that's a lot of rubbing shoulders. It's a lot of drunk people, and it's a lot of people. Um, who, you know, we often perceive as the enemy. So I'm, I'm getting myself geared up for that because it's, it's coming fast. Well, let's talk about the past that has just happened. Not, not going into OU week because we still have TCU. We'll talk about that in a little mm -hmm. while. But what are your thoughts of the team, of Coach Sark up until this point? I mean, there's been so many things that have happened in a short period of time, you look at the beginning of the season, Louisiana Lafayette, everything looks golden. And then our world comes crashing down around us after you go to Arkansas 
and get demolished and everyone's like whoa whoa all gas no brakes how about hey let's check those brakes before you put gas in them and then you have what happened with rice and texas tech so give me your thoughts on what you've seen thus far and then we'll talk about the tech game from last week sark coming in has said all of the right things coach speak or not and that immediately i think made him more likable from the jump. So it was easy to take in everything he was saying. I don't know that it was a huge surprise when he named Hudson Card the quarterback because we had kind of been hearing those rumors that was the way it was going to go. But then we saw him play, it was like, okay, well, what is this offering that Casey Thompson can? Because we got to see Casey Thompson a few times in prior seasons and he performed well, most notably that Allen Bowl victory um, just last season. And so we kind of thought that that would be the route to go. So when Hudson Card was named, you're like, okay, well, maybe this kid is special. And that's not to say he's not. He just, it it never seemed quite right. And when they were playing with both guys, it, it was confusing. I mean, Texas, after suffering so long with this constant seemingly quarterback controversy, we finally get Sam Ellinger. He's the guy that we know every Saturday morning when we wake up, he's going to be the guy. And then he's not there. And we think we know who it's going to be. And then we have this, well, both guys are going to play. It's going to be kind of a week-to-week thing on who's starting. Um, then we head to Arkansas. It's Hudson Card once again, and it's it's just not working. And it's not just him. You can't put that entire game on him. But um, he certainly didn't help his case. Casey Thompson, I felt like his name was being called for a little too early by Texas fans when you were watching the game through the Twitterverse. Um, but at the same time, I felt like Stark maybe waited a little too long to throw him into that game because he did get the offense going a little bit more. I mean, we know, we've seen the numbers, how efficient he is when he touches the ball and he's leading that Texas offense. There is a very, very good chance that point will be added to the board. Um, cut to Rice, I mean, a great display. I don't think they got the respect they deserved from that game because it was Rice. They're viewed as, you know, JV, high school team, whatever. So then you got to play Texas Tech, the Open Big 12, and prove it. And I think they did just that. Obviously, the defense let up a little bit in the second half. Stark nodded to that. That's things that can be fixed. I mean, the thing we always talked about, you, Chip, and I, week-to-week improvement. And it would seem like we were in this pattern of you take a step forward, and then a week later you take two steps back. I think we're seeing solid steps forward each and every week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this TCU game. I know it's still kind of considered a trap game and that – Yes, the record is Texas is two and two and seven in the last nine years. Um, TCU is just generally a hard place to play. Even the games they have won, they've been close. Uh, just learned that the Texas band isn't going to travel. They're having COVID issues, so you kind of take the you know probably about half the audience they were expecting to have, as well as you know whatever drumline sets they were going to play throughout. That that's being taken out of this game as well and, and changing that atmosphere. But I think they have a good chance um, this week. I think they're, they're pretty much right where we want them to be. I'm going to refrain from saying all of our goals are still ahead of us because that's something Tom Herman always said and really just annoyed Texas fans because Texas fans, as we know, we, we want to be in the national championship. We want to be in the playoff conversation and not just have it be all about winning a big 12 championship. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things, too, where where I know you don't want to say it, but and after Arkansas, like I said, everybody felt like the world was crashing around us. Oh. But as you sit and you think about what the Big 12, what the goals are, Texas leaving the Big 12, Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, 
the adversity, the anger from all the other fans. And that's kind of where I was last week when I was thinking about Texas playing Texas Tech. Um, what were we going to expect? What was going to be the, the turnout? How were the Texas Tech fans going to be at the game? Are they going to be angry? I saw people talking about how they always put the visiting fans always up in the top, the band, oh, yeah. everything. The band didn't even come either. So for, for Texas Tech. But when you sit and you think about the Texas Longhorns and what we are seeing on the field. And I've heard other pundits talking about this. And this is one of the things that I kind of, like you, I kind of refrain myself from getting caught up in some of the things that we see. And you'll hear at the end of this show, I always say, don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. And it is the truth because when you're looking at this game, and I know you said it, everybody's talking about the rice game and, oh, it was just rice. Well, you're getting into a conference game and, and let's be honest, Texas Tech had played well up until that point. They struggled mm -hmm. in games, and but they won those games that they struggled in. So when you get this game like Texas, where Texas goes out and we alluded, you alluded to it a little bit with Casey Thompson and the Hudson card situation, you look at what Casey Thompson has done. 23 out of 26 drives that he has had as a quarterback has led to points. Two interceptions, which he was on the goal line for that one. He was about to, they were about to score again. And then one was the clock, the clock ran out. And then the other one was he got hit in the chest on a deep pass that he was trying to complete to Xavier Worthy in the um, Rice game. So when you put that all together, and I know we have a different sample size, but to your point about watching that game against Colorado and then watching how the team responds to him, sometimes we're just talking about practice. Some people don't practice well, but when yeah. the lights are on and you show up and you look at the way the team rallies around him and how fast and the urgency in which they play, it makes you kind of wonder what the heck was everybody else looking at, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I don't. I think a lot of people hear like, oh, well, they're not practicing well, so that's why they're not playing or, or whatever, being on the field. I think a lot of people hear that and they think, oh, he's got a bad attitude. He's not showing up on time. He doesn't look like he's into it. He's not happy. I don't think that's the case with Casey Thompson. I just think it's like you said, like some people, they just the atmosphere. It's hard to get up when there's nothing to necessarily get up for. You look at what he's been through. He's dipped his toe in the transfer portal, right? I mean, that was a very real scare for Texas fans of what happens if one of these guys is named the starter and they go away and then we don't have a true backup, right? And, and Casey Thompson, again, no stranger to that transfer portal, Given that, and given that he stuck around those first few weeks, and given that he's still been at practice, and you don't hear any anything wrong coming out of camp about Casey Thompson, um, attitude-wise, and and then to hear him speak on media days and when he when he talks to media, I mean, he is very much in it and with this Texas team, and I am happy with the choice that it that it seems to be that he will be leading them through the rest of Big Twelve play. Yeah, I am too, and I I think this was something. If you go back and you listen to all my podcasts and you listen to me on the sports grind or all, all the shows that I might have guested on, I always talked about the fact that Casey Thompson, to me, earned the right 
regardless of any other situation, to be the starting quarterback strictly because of the way that he's always performed when he got out there. He, you never hear anything negative about the kid amongst peers. And again, you watch the responsive time and, and, and point blank, he sat behind Sam Ellinger where he was watching film like he was the starter and he had put the work in. He knew those places. And I always said when people were like, he's not doing good at practice, doing well at practice. And I was like, practice is where you take risk. You yeah. don't you don't win games in practice. You can take yeah. a chance on trying to fit a ball in a place where you know, I probably in a normal situation, I wouldn't throw this ball. And, you know, you heard of all these other situations to where it's like, ah, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. And I'm like, sometimes people just show up and show out. And that's what we continue to see. So let me ask you this. We're going to transit. We're going to talk about the TCU game coming up, but I want to talk to you about the defensive side of the ball and the special teams from what you've seen. Obviously we've, we've, had the Todd Orlando's we've had the different coordinators at the university of Texas to where it's to the point of, all right, what can we do better? And PK has come in and he's got a bend, but don't break type of defense. The one thing that everybody's going to knock him was the game plan against Arkansas. And it's the same thing you can say about coach Sark. The game plan just didn't look good. But you saw them get better week to week. And we you, you alluded to it as well. You said week to week improvement is a sign of a well-coached team. Our, our boy Chip Brown used to always tell us that. And, and it's ingrained in us. And I've already knew that, but it's ingrained in me to have that conversation. But when you look at this team, where do you see the strengths right now? And where do you see the weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball? I, I would oddly say strength is, is the secondary just because I think there were a lot of questions around it of what that was going to look like. I mean, DBU or not, there's always been some big names back there. And, you know, you add uh, Brendan Schooler back there, right? And <laughs> right. you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? What? Wasn't he wide receiver last year? <laughs> yeah, it, that doesn't look right. There's something wrong there. Are they, is, is he confused? So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what that looks like. Overall, I think, you know, Offense, defense, defense definitely has, I think, the most to improve right now, right? The, the numbers overall aren't incredible. But when you look at last year, I think there's a lot more discipline. Um, they're, they're getting off the field a lot quicker than they were. I mean, I can't tell you how like, exhausting. I mean, third and 27. Hello? Like, we, we've, we've refrained from being in those types of situations. And, again, that week-to-week -week improvement is, is pretty much all you can ask for. Um, and, and I think so far we've seen that, but there is – quite a ways to go, especially considering, you know, you have the likes of Oklahoma um, in, you know, two weeks and TCU who historically has kind of had their way with Texas in recent years. Well, and we'll, we talk a little bit of a special teams too. Jeff Banks, the way that he's come in yeah. and, and we're getting a chance to see uh, some block punts, putting some pressure on the punter, kickoff returns. And then you look at what Deshaun Jamison almost did last week. He's always a threat to be able to take it to the house. What have you thought of Jeff Banks and what he's done? I know one thing that stands out to me is I need to see more consistency from our man Cameron Dicker, the kicker, because I know we take for granted 
sometimes because we've had the Justin Tuckers and some of the great kickers that have come through the university in Dickers freshman year and sophomore year. But I think sometimes when you're good all the time and obviously he's doing punting, he hadn't had a punt in two games, by the way, and he's he's doing some kickoffs that you can kind of lose sight of what your specialty is. Do you think that Number one, Dicker's going to rebound. I hope so, because we're going to need him this weekend. And number two, do you think the special teams on the punt return and what Jeff Banks has done has changed a lot of the way that people look at the Texas team? Uh, I love what we've done with punt returns. I wish some of them, um, Arkansas, didn't have to come back because of a tic-tac-y foul on Texas, right? Because that that those are points that, that were probably needed that, that would have gone down there. But when, when it comes to, to Digger, it's interesting because you look at the depth chart and there are other guys there available to punt, right? And it's still Dicker. And I understand, again, we just talked about like, well, the guy practices well. Well, in practice, you know, he's doing punting all at the same time. And then he's doing kicking all at the same time. During the game, it's as needed, right? And I've seen so, you know, my seats are on the Texas sideline and right below us is where they have the kicking setup. And before he's going to go take a field goal, I'm watching him practice punt. And I'm like, I, I get that you, that it could be an either or situation, but then you go out there and you miss a field goal. You're just passing punts. And I know that he's in a tough situation. I know that's something that he did last year. Um, so they probably felt like, well, if anybody can handle it, he can, but it does make you worry. I mean, we, like you mentioned the Justin Tuckers, right? Guys that were just solid. You know, you didn't have to think about it. And then we kind of went through this rough patch, like kind of like the quarterbacks of who's going to be the guy? Is he actually going to make it? Should we just go for it on fourth down? You get Dicker in and you're like, oh, this guy's solid. And now we're kind of going back to the question of, I mean, I know the binder wouldn't say to go for it here, but I kind of feel like we should, right? And that's something else too is, you know, with Stark, we're, we're seeing um, – a little bit more of a take the points approach um, with his play calling. And, and so that does call for Dicker going onto the field in situations where he probably wouldn't have in years past. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes they go through and other times they're not, but I, for the most part, I am, I'm pleased with the special teams production. Yeah. We're talking to Shannon B. Sweeney. We love to call her salty. You can listen to her every morning on AM 1300, The Zone, and Ticket 760 with my man Chris Duell. She got her little salty shakedown that she breaks down all the time, too. So right. she doesn't change. She's always going to be salty. And speaking of being salty, Gary Patterson is definitely one of those people Ooh. that are very salty at this particular time. He's trying to sue uh, SMU for copyrights on playing his song when they t- told him that they were taking <laughs> a step back, take a step back when they lost to oh. SMU, lost the skillet. And then he's also upset because he, they planted a flag on the middle of the field. Man, it's been a lot for Gary and, and headed into this game. As you talked about earlier, Texas is two and seven in the last nine games while they're playing uh, TCU. But one of the things that I really enjoyed from Coach Sark this week during his presser when he was asked about that, Coach Sark basically said, they asked, what do you tell your team going this week? And he said, I'm telling them we're going to show up at 11 o'clock and get ready to play a football game. That's what I'm saying. And I, and I love that energy because, to me, that is something that has 
been lacking, so to speak, that confidence of, hey, we're going to go in there and play ball and let the chips fall where they may and like not thinking about it. Because he also said, I wasn't here for those nine years. And that's very, yeah. very true. And some of those guys, he asked the team a question, how many of you guys have won a Big 12 championship? And the only person that could raise his hand was Blake Gideon, and he's on the coaching staff. <laughs> so those guys really need to understand <laughs> what is happening. And I like the focus in which he's having these guys turn into. So as you look at this TCU team with the Zach Evans, the Max Duggins, and a couple of other guys, uh, Quentin Johnston, who was a kid from the 254 Temple, Texas, that was supposed to come to uh, the U to the University of Texas, but instead went to TCU. When you look at this game, how do you see Texas matching up? And I know I don't want to ask you for a prediction because I know you don't give those out until <laughs> Saturday morning. So I'm not going to go there it. with you. You got to know what it. it feeling when you get up in the morning. But what are your thoughts on TCU and and how they match up with Texas. Well, you talked about some of the things that Sark said, and uh, I, I love that he's like, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to try to erase history here, but, but, you know, I wasn't here. This is a totally new regime that we've got going on. He said he doesn't expect the same team that SMU saw, right? And I think that's the respect that TCU deserves and the mindset that Texas has to come in because it could be really easy to see it as, you know, they're a team that hasn't played a Big 12 game yet. Um, so that there's a little bit of the unknown. And then also he's got OU. And so it's easy to start thinking about that. So it's great that he's trying to keep the guys into it and, and that focus. And on the TCU side, you mentioned all of the Gary Patterson. You know, he's also dealing with an assistant coach who's got a concussion going on. I, I kind of feel like, okay, maybe he's focused so much on that. He'll let some of the things he usually does during game week prep go. But I'm just looking at the notes here and, on paper, they are pretty evenly matched. I mean, this is probably going to be the most evenly matched game we've seen thus far this season. I know it's still early. Um, the, the places where they differ, obviously, Texas is much better at the run game. Shout out Bijan and Roshan. Um, but TCU doing a lot better in, in the passing offense. So it's going to be a really even match. Um, and, yeah, I'm not going to give my prediction yet because that, you know, again, that kind of scares me. I've got Texas. I, I think I predict, predicted them to go 9-3. and nine and three this season. So that's very much still a possibility, but one of those losses that I had, I was like, okay, this, this could be one is this TCU game. And, you know, it's, it's always, if, I think if you were to look at my predictions over the past years, I think I always tweet out that Texas is going to win just because I, I, I don't want them to win. I mean, not predict them winning because that just doesn't fit right with me, but my overall big 12 predictions, I do have them having a couple of losses and, um, you know, sadly, it wouldn't be a shock if, you know, that that nine year two and seven turns <laughs> to a 10 year two and eight. Um, but I really hope and this sounds so bad that it's a that it's a three and seven kind of 10 year history. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that because I, I, too, have Texas going nine and three uh, possible 10 and two that Arkansas game kind of woke everybody up and and made everybody kind of like okay but then you look at Arkansas but then you look at Arkansas and you see that they're a very talented football team so losing to them they're ranked in the top five now and or excuse me top 10 now and so they're one of the best teams in the country on paper but we got to see them up close and personal so I I too am hoping wishing and praying that this weekend 
uh, changes some of the views on everyone. But if you look across the Big 12, you see that no one is truly, truly standing out. And my last Hard Knocks life, I, I put out there, I said, why not us? And that's the Texas football team. Why, why are they not one of those teams? Because when you look at Iowa State, they look like they have some holes. They brought everybody back. And they don't look like a championship team. You look at what happened in Oklahoma where Spencer Sanders is getting booed by the home team and not looking great all the time. And they go back and look at Spencer's numbers. The numbers say that he played a good game. You know, He's playing you, better statistically than, than he has the last right, few seasons. Right. And so where I don't understand where the anger is and some of those things that happened he's out of his control. But then you look around Oklahoma State, do they scare you? Eh, not you really. I mean, they, they had a big win this week. I didn't think that they were going to win the way that they did, but they did. And then you look at Baylor. Who would have thought Baylor at this point would be at the position and where they are? I mean, they had a great week against Iowa State as well. So when you sit and you look at the Big 12, I go back to what I said at the beginning. Why not Texas? Why can't, why won't they be in the mix? And I think a lot of that will be told to us this weekend as they take on the TCU Horn Frogs. Yeah. And, and as we're talking big 12 and the possibilities of making it to that big 12 championship, because it does feel really wide open again, only week two of big 12 play and well, like TCU haven't opened big 12 play yet. They will open against Texas. I, I start to almost worry that it's too much too soon for Texas and the way that 2018, 2019 with the appearance of the big 12 championship going to the sugar bowl and winning, defeating a really good Georgia team was for Tom Herman, right? Because there was like this four year plan of we're going to improve each and every year. Texas fan base is going to take some time. It's not going to happen all at once, but then lo and behold, you do what you do in that second season for Tom Herman. And then when there is a drop off in year three, it's, the sky is falling. It's the end of the world. This isn't where it's supposed to be. And you're like, well, I mean, it's a little bit lower than what was expected in year three, but look what he did in year two. And then ultimately, you know, year four does what it does. Now we're in a new regime. I, I just, as for Texas fans, I hope that getting to the big 12 championship or not, isn't the end of the world. And that there is some realization that you know come next year dicker is a senior maybe you struggle with field goals again um maybe you lose a husband card to the transfer portal you know and and you're gonna start having the conversations of well he's got to get his guys in he's got to get his guys in when it comes to recruiting so I, I i'm trying to take as realist approach as i can even though i've got a heart of burnt orange inside <laughs> of me well it's it takes very difficult well, it takes people like yourself, myself, and the people that have the microphone in, in front of them to calm the masses down and make them a big understand. responsibility. Yeah, well, I think you I think you can fit them shoes, Salty. I think you can fit them shoes. <laughs> I do the have biggest, the, the the biggest thing for me, and I thought I, I love what you said there as far as that, but I think the biggest problem that happened with Texas during that time, as you said, where they went nine and three and did the things that they did in the sugar bowl. The biggest problem was when Sam stood on that podium, that was the biggest yeah. thing. You know, that is where What did he say hard. What happened? <laughs> see what had happened was <laughs> see what had happened was when he made that statement, the last quarterback at the university of Texas made that statement. 
he actually said we will be back. He didn't make mm-hmm. the statement that said we're back. He didn't do yeah. that. That was where everything no. kind of went. Eh. Sometimes you just got to play the hand that you are dealt since they were playing in New Orleans and we had been to Harris. Um, we had been out there a couple <laughs> times. But at, the, but at the end of the day, I think this new coaching regime, the way that their mindset is, yes, they want them thinking singular, obviously, but they're also thinking about championships because that's why you come to the University of Texas is because that's the mindset that people have. But again, it takes people like yourself, people like me, people that talk about Texas often. We got to temper those those thoughts, because if a coach tells you he's on a plan of four years, don't don't look at one that goes down. Look at the ones that keep going up and see what happens throughout that process, because once he took that job, they became his guys. And he's making the most with his guys. And that's another thing that I liked about what Steve Sarkeesian said when he took the job is like, these are my guys and I'm going to do with it. Mind you, he took over a seven and three team that one game. Mm -hmm. So for us, for Texas to have success, it should be expected because I believe that the biggest thing from being a 10 win team a few years ago, or even last year, was some of the coaching mistakes that were made and none of the adjustments that were made after the half. There's no binder anymore, is there? There's no binder. That's, There's no that's binder. somewhere in the like the hall of college football shame somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes you got to go get that binder, man. Sometimes you got to go get that binder. But let me yeah. ask you this. Make sure you tell everybody where to find you. Yeah, uh, you, you've done a great job of pumping me up here. Uh, weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m., the Chris Duell Show with myself, Shannon, Salty Sweeney, always on the iHeartRadio app. We also video stream like you do as well. You can find us on Facebook, Ticket 760 and AM 1300 The Zone. Um, and then my Salty Shakedown segment that I do every day at 740 on the show. I pull that for everybody, just special to all of my fan, and post that <laughs> to the iHeart page and you can also find it on spotify itunes google podcast wherever you listen to podcasts there's my girl right there that's the that's her y'all miss her y'all love her but y'all know where to find her now that's our girl shannon b sweeney you know her as salty and speaking of salty just remember don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar it's your boy Harbaugh Hard. Thank you for tuning in to the Hard Knocks Life. Peace.